Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the McDonald's boys case. Just how strange it is that on such a small, densely populated island, how somebody can just disappear without a trace. Hi, I'm Teddy, and welcome to A Brief Case. Today, let's talk about Felicia Teo, who went missing exactly 13 years ago. This is everything that we know. Felicia Teoweling, she was basically your typical older teenage girl, you know? She also went by the alias Gaia, but for this case, we'll call her Felicia. She lived in a flat at Bain Street, which is like a crazy good central location, and we know that she had a brother. And it sounds like she was pretty close with her mom, who was a housewife. Like, they would go shopping together, and she would buy her mom's stuff with a salary. It basically sounds like she got on pretty well with her whole family. Her parents were pretty good with her, she didn't have a curfew, like she could spend nights out with friends if she wanted to. But the other thing was that she was really responsible about it. It wasn't like she would go out and not let them know and then disappear for days. Felicia just wasn't that kind of girl, you know? She would give them a call or a text or a heads up that she wasn't going to be home that night. So she went to Mung Hill Secondary School, which doesn't exist anymore. And then after that, she was in the process of getting her Diploma of Fine Art at La Salle and she was a freshie, she was a first year student. So let me just kind of set the scene. So Felicia was 19, so she got the coolest job that a 19-year-old could get. She was a part-time bartender at the bungee bar and Louf. So the bungee bar is the one that used to be next to the big swing and the bungee ride at Clark Key, but it doesn't exist anymore. But Louf is still around and it's at the Odeon, Odeon, Odeon Towers rooftop and it's the one on Instagram where everybody takes a picture of the Feng He release sign. So Felicia was a part-time bartender at both these places and she was definitely like a cool art student. She was Chinese but she could speak Malay fluently and looking at her photos, she had spiky short black hair and I'm gonna guess it was rebonded. She also had a bunch of piercings, multiples on her ears, her nose and on her tongue. So Felicia was really lean and quite tall by Singaporean standards. She was 169cm and to put it into perspective, the average Singaporean girl is more like 163 and according to her mom, her favourite colour was purple. I don't know why but that's just so sad to know that her favourite colour was purple. Now sometime when she was in La Salle, she meets Rajil, Putra, Sisha, Sukmarajana, so I hope I'm not butchering it. Um, let's just call him Rajil and he was also 19, so same age and he was taking a degree in video art. Rajil also introduces her to Ahmad Daniel Muhammad Rafai. And he's a bit older, he's 35 this year, so he would have been around 22 when they met. His handle on his socials is Daniel Anamiko, so let's just call him Daniel. And I think he was also a student at La Salle. His LinkedIn page actually shows that he has a diploma in communication design and advertising from there. So here's a couple of other things about him. He was working as a creative manager at Razer, like the computer brand. And he actually took part in a TV series called The Big Shot about photographers in Singapore, where he was a finalist. So his general art portfolio is online if you dig hard enough. Anyway, at this point, these are just two of Felicia's friends. 
Now, the way she's described, right, is that she was just always in contact with somebody. She was always texting people. And we also know that she was on pretty good terms with her family and she kept them in the loop. She isn't just the kind of girl to go up and missing. So now, it's June 29, 2007, 13 years ago. So Felicia leaves her house at 6pm. So from an old article from the Straits Times, um, it mentions that she was going to work. But we also know from an article from today that she was at a school party on campus, on the LaSalle campus, where she met people and she had a good time. She was her normal self, you know? So everything's okay so far. Now, after the party, is about 1am-ish on 30th June. So she heads over with Daniel and Rajil to Rajil's flat on the 10th floor in Marine Terrace, which is in the Marine Parade area, probably just to hang out, you know, as teenagers do. Now, Felicia's mom, she did know that she had a friend living in Marine Terrace, but she didn't know who Daniel and Rajil were. We have CCTV footage of them getting in the lift and getting out on level 10. So that was the last recorded sighting of her. So moving on from then, According to Daniel and Rajil, she was hanging out with them but she was also getting a bunch of texts and her phone kept buzzing and the ringing was annoying. They complain and Felicia leaves the flat. She leaves with her cream-coloured bag, her Mac laptop and her camera at around 2am. She's never seen again. So now what's also interesting is that while we have her on CCTV getting on the lift to the flat, there's no CCTV footage of her leaving. And remember, we're on the 10th floor which, I mean, honestly, just for me, for me, after maybe three stories, I'm not really big on taking the stairs up or down. But she could have definitely also taken the stairs down for 10 floors. Um, they didn't have any CCTV back then, but not like now. I think now there's basically cameras everywhere. Her family also got a hold of her phone records from Singtel. And we know that her last message was sent at 2.37am after she allegedly left the flat. Initially, a couple of theories popped up, especially since she was a teenager. And teenagers do run away, I will self-admit. But the thing is that she was on good, no great terms with her family and friends. And she only had $30 that she just redrew from an ATM near her house at Bain Street. So I think somebody who was going to run away would be better prepped. She was also supposed to attend a wedding for a friend on the day that she disappeared, on 30th June. She was actually texting another friend and coordinating outfits for that. And there were also a couple of other things, like she had a $180 ticket for a concert for The Cure, and she was planning for an internship at an advertising firm. So somebody, like in my opinion, somebody who was gonna plan to run away for an extended period of time, say like 13 years or something, they wouldn't have made plans in their life for the near future. I mean, these, these are just all the things that I don't think that a runaway would do, but that's just my opinion. So more than 200 people ended up searching for her around Marine Parade, Clark Key, East Coast, just all the places that she used to hang out at. Her friends even set up a blog for her, which is still up, findfelicia.blogspot.com. And eventually, her parents even went to JB, like Johor Bahru in Malaysia, to look for her. But just nothing. Nothing at all. The police at that time, they checked the CCTV footage and they actually checked Rajil's flat. But they didn't find anything at all. So for 13 years, there just wasn't any news on this. Just no new information. So now the interesting thing about the Singapore police force is that they regularly review all these cold cases. Um, they also check all the tech. 
Like they check her bank accounts, her emails, her socials, just in case she logged on or just anything related to that, but nothing. So the case was reviewed in July 2020 this year and it was passed on to the CID, the Criminal Investigation Department. And just interestingly enough, right, there was also a write-up on it by Zhao Bao earlier in November this year. So now the CID, they're reviewing the case, right, and they're tracing Felicia's stuff. And remember she had a phone because she's always texting, her laptop and her camera. So, 13 years after, they somehow link at least one of the items that she had on her with Daniel. Daniel is arrested on 15th December 2020. They're unable to bring in Rajil, they can't find him, they suspect that he's overseas somewhere. So on 17th December, just a couple of days ago, he's charged with murder of him and Rajil allegedly killing Felicia between 1.39am and 7.20am that night on 30th June 2007. It's been 13 years and we don't know what happened after the CCTV footage of her getting in the lift. So this is all like allegedly, allegedly. And so digression, just general briefcase knowledge here. Not really related to the case but just good to know, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so, you know there's this new song by Taylor Swift, No Body, No Crime. So this doesn't feel, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it actually applies in Singapore. There have been a couple of cases with like guilty judgments without a body or I guess technically a weapon because like really early on in 1963, we already had Sunny Ang's case where his girlfriend's body disappeared on a dive trip. And then we also have Leslie Koo in 2016. We just covered it a couple of weeks ago where the entire body was burnt. So yeah, digression over. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. There's a bunch of theories on what might have happened. These are all floating around on forums like Reddit, Hardware Zone, Mothership comments, Facebook comments, the usual. But it's all just speculation at this point, but definitely worth reading if you have the time. We'll maybe add a link on this on Instagram or on our website. And you can find us online with details of each case at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us again next week for another brief case hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.